Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, because his beard is still with us, even though I haven't mentioned it in the last couple of weeks, but it's here, it's trimmed, it's as groomed and beautiful as ever, <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. This is episode 12 of the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Um, been quite a roller coaster of a week, I think it's fair to say. Um, we've, as we record this, we've just played Rochdale. Um, we played Sheffield United earlier in the week. There's lots to talk about. Russell's left, um, officially or unofficially. Um, we interviewed Frank Clark. Um, we will probably not have time to get him in this week, so we'll, we'll do that next week. Um, the weeks and weeks get more bizarre as the podcast goes on. Yeah. Every week. You think, oh, next week won't be as random or bizarre. Yeah. But they just get weirder and weirder. Just when you thought it couldn't be any any worse, it, 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 it kind of does, but it doesn't. I actually think that we've now got some closure because the atmosphere at the club was becoming really toxic. Oh, it was, it was getting to a, a bad point, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That seems to have changed, and hopefully from today going forward... Be interesting to see how it works out though, because it's been referred to. I mean, we'll, we'll cover this again, but just while I think of it, um, that it's been uh, referred to the uh, League Managers Association, the club's lawyers, Cardiff's lawyers, and the Football League. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of a mess that throws up. Yeah, and don't forget the uh, club statements as well that the uh, clubs even intent on releasing the ones where no one can actually realise what the club is trying to say. What exactly they say? Yeah, but but yeah, we'll we'll come to that. So um, since our last podcast we have played Sheffield United at home in the Capital One Cup um, gutted for them though they got drawn against MK Dons in the next round I mean you make it through to the fourth round of the cup and you get drawn against a team that you're going to be playing in your league this season twice anyway good so that was on Tuesday that was on Tuesday and Paul went to the match I, it was I my daughter's birthday so I didn't yeah, I'm glad I didn't enough. actually to be no. fair well, 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 saved saved your time well there. So, in what turned out to be Slade's last home game? Yep. Um, de- a decent first eleven from from Russ. He put out Woods and goal as you'd expect. Yeah. At the back, he had Omazuzi with Baudry and Clark in the centre and Cuthbert. So, you know, st- strong defence to yep. be fair. Uh, in the middle, he had Vince Lowe and James, which is the first first choice centre midfield pairing, uh, with McEnough and Petrasso on the wings. And up front, Mooney Simpson. That was a bit surprising. Yeah, but I think Mooney and Simpson play better. Sorry, no, I'm thinking of Dagnall. Okay, yeah, no, it was a bit surprising. I think that, that Simpson probably just needs a bit of match time. Absolutely, as does, as does Mooney. Yeah, so Mooney needs more time than we can afford to give him. Unfortunately, only took Sheffield United two minutes to score from a, from a corner, from a header. Was it a good goal? It's just a header, and it was just no, not really for them. For for us to concede that, no, not really. Was it, was it bad defending? Just, you're just settling into your seat, and they scored. Was it bad defending, or just a it, bit? Well, it was right down the other end. I couldn't really see it that that well, but yeah, it, it's just literally it's come in the box. You've just seen the guy just beat out whoever was marking him, and just headed it straight in, and their fans are jumping. It's never good to concede an early goal at Brisbane Road. Correct, ever, unless you're the away side scoring that goal. <laughs> yes, alright, yeah, I'll give you that. So, Sheffield United went one up after two minutes. Scott yeah. C got injured quite early on in the yeah, game. Yeah, he did, yeah. And, yeah, you know, first half, James booked and Bulgy booked. Yeah. Not, anything else happened, really? Nothing. No? Nothing, Nothing. really. We, we we had periods of strong possession, but they sat back, like, into, you know, into the second half as well. It, it kind of, we... <sighs> 
we had intent at times, but we actually couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, well, I think we have to address the situation we now have, is that away teams are happy to come to Brisbane Road and soak up the pressure mm. because of last season's overperformance. Mm-hmm. So this time last season, we still had teams coming and going, oh, it's only later on, we could probably we'll beat them, yeah. and we would end up battering them, you know, 2-0, 3-1. Yeah. Now, clubs will come to Orient and sit back. Yeah. And it's up to us as the home team to break down away defences. Yeah. Which we haven't been doing. No. And continue not to do. Correct. <laughs> but, Seems our game plan not to at but, the moment. But we're seen now as one of the bigger teams yeah. in, in the division. So clubs will come to Brisbane Road and go, right, we'll take a point here. Whereas a year ago or two years ago, they would see a point maybe as a bad result. You know, now clubs are happy to come away and defend. Point, and fair yeah. play to them, it's up to us to break teams down. That's right, but we haven't, we don't seem to have the personnel to do that because Sheffield United have got big boys and their centre-backs were quite happy to head the ball back from our long balls that weren't going to Mooney, that he wasn't winning or that, you know, um, they were putting in crosses for uh, at court, we were putting in for corners and stuff like that, from corners. It, it's just lacking, lacking the ability to be able to get round this problem. Absolutely. And it's, it's a massive issue for us. Absolutely. So second half came and went. Cox came on for Petrasso on the 62nd minute. Uh, Elliot Omazuzi hit the post via a deflected shot. Yeah. Which turned out to be our best chance in the yeah. game. And then Henderson came on for Mooney but was unable to kind of change anything. Yeah, it's just, again, it's just lacking in, you know, there were vast swathes of that game where we held the ball and did nothing with it in, yeah. in the sense that, you know, we didn't necessarily make them defend very well. They didn't particularly a- attack us. You know, it, it was from from what you would expect, perhaps from a big name like Sheffield United. You know, they they, they offered nothing. There was nothing to yeah. be scared of for them. Well, fair play. Look, get an early goal, defend it. It's what Clough set them out to do. They've done it. They it's won. Boring. It's boring. I think is probably the thing to take but away from that game. It was just boring. I'd rather be boring and win. Oh, uh, as Sheffield United, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. An, they oh, did no, their they, job effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So after beating Plymouth away. And more, yeah. you know... And Villa. And Villa. We beat Villa away. Yeah, a decent car. Villa side, yeah, though. Absolutely. But to whimper out... I'd call that a whimper out, yeah, really. Yeah, it was. Sheffield United, that was disappointing. So yeah. Slade, in his last post-match press conference, yeah. um, said, we're frustrated that we didn't get a result tonight. We didn't have that final finish in the final third. And we had a lot of the ball. Yeah, which is echoes what I've just said. Not that I'm copying what he said, but it's just an observation. Yeah, absolutely. In referring to Cardiff, he said the Cardiff bid has been turned down. Um, if they come back, I I, will, I don't know, and I'm not sure, but it is a big club, and it's a big job for someone. And then, quite nicely, Russ ended on saying, I love this football club. I think we have done re- some really, really good things at the football club, and the fans are tremendous. Which so, is nice of him to say. Nice of him to say. Yeah. He, he wasn't going to say anything else, really, was he? I guess. No, of course not. Absolutely not. But, uh, you know, it's still... It's still another home defeat, and it's not a good way to sign off. Absolutely. And did you think, obviously being there, that the rough situation was affecting the atmosphere and the yeah. ground, did it? Yeah, I think I think as... as Forget them being professional footballers. If you're in your day job, oh, and there is a problem yeah. with your management, and your manager is directly involved in that, and he wants to leave, and they're not to go to... A, 
not even a competitor, but you know, another organisation, and they don't want to do it. You don't think that that's going to transfer into the into oh, mate, the workplace? Mate, absolutely. Uh, just as a general question, not you personally, but just as a general as a general question. Of course it does. Yeah, they're 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 paid professionals. They're paid footballers to to play football, as Joby McEnov in an interview said. They are paid to play football. They get on and do that. But when you've got all internal wrangles going on, yeah. it, you know, you can see the manager might not be so comfortable, and maybe that translates. It, it doesn't mean it to, but it translates in the way he's talking to the players. Of course it does. It has to. Yeah, you right. see, you're talking about human beings dealing with human beings. Yeah. It's not robots here. That That's just not how it is. So does does it affect the, 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 the team? Yeah. Does it affect the, the morale? I'm sure it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you've got some of Slade's favourites in there, like Coxie, the Captain Clark and whatnot. Um and so, yeah, I'm sure it probably does. Fair point. Uh, in fact, I'm convinced it does. No, I agree with you. I would say it, it absolutely would. So, like we said, we whimpered out at the League Cup. Yeah. Uh, and in a bizarre week, got even more bizarre on Wednesday night when the club decided to put out a statement. So, this statement came online at about 8pm, came yeah. through the club's website. And we're going to read the word statement, word, word yeah. for word, and see if it makes any more sense to you than what it does to us. We yeah. sent a tweet after... Um, the statement went out kind of explaining how we interpreted the statement. So anyway, here's the statement. And here it goes. So it says, The chairman and the CEO of Leighton Orient have received a resignation letter from Russell Slade a few minutes ago. This has not happened by chance after the club rejected this afternoon a proposal from the general manager of Cardiff City regarding the transfer of Russell Slade. The lawyers of the club are now studying the file. Paul, what the hell does that mean? It doesn't mean very much. Um, what they should be saying is what exactly that means. They should be saying what exactly that means. You know, the lawyers of the club are now studying the file. What file is there? So in basic English terms, yeah. Cardiff came back in for Russ. Yeah. Orient said no. Yeah. Russ resigned. Yeah. Uh, and the club were reviewing his resignation. As per... Um, I think what they're actually saying is that they believe that Cardiff have been unfair... Cardiff have come in, they've been rebuked, they've said no, you can't talk to him. Russell went on Friday night last week and said, can I talk to them? And they said, no, you can't, you're our manager. Um, now he's resigned, there's a tapping up issue here. Along the line here, someone's not telling the truth. Either Slade, like you said, is lying because he contradicted himself on the Saturday. Yep, last like Saturday, on the Scunthorpe post-match. On the Scunthorpe post-match, yeah, absolutely. Friday. Yep. Um, and, you know, maybe the club haven't been honest in what they've said. That they've said to us, yeah, you know, allegations of sacking him, for example, at full time at Notts County, yeah, you know, which the club have denied, yeah. So it's just a, a bizarre situation. It's a mess. It's an absolute, total, and utter mess. But the good thing about the Wednesday night statement is it kind of pushed it forward, kind of pushed its conclusion. It had stopped forward, yeah, so escalated a conclusion yeah. to this mess, yeah. So what we'll do now is we'll go through kind of mini tribute to Russ. Is it going to be a mini tribute to Russ or a mini thank you yeah, to Russ? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, just just to sort of finish off on the last point, though, um, in that the, the issue that, that they have now is that Cardiff have offered to pay the £100,000 release clause. You know, I think if I was the if I was Bichetti, I would take the 100000 quid, 
let's lay go. He's no threat to us at Cardiff unless they get relegated or we get promoted, I, which I don't think either way is going to happen, but just as a, as a what if, because yeah. Fulham aren't exactly setting the, the championship yeah. on fire, uh, but that's another story. It doesn't look like the Evolo scenarios will happen so this season. It's not going to affect us, so why not just completely kill this situation dead? Leave the Slade chapter, that's now closed. Put the full stop at the end of it, turn it over, and the next chapter is Nugent et al. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So I, I don't really see that the lawyers of the club are now standing for. Let him go, it's done. He doesn't want to be here. Cardiff won him, although there's no guarantee he's going to get the Cardiff job. He might meet Vincent Tan, think the guy's an absolute mental case and should be in good maze, and, and he won't work for him. Here's, here's, here's my interpretation of that last line of the statement. The lawyers of the club are now studying the file means we are trying to get more money out of Cardiff City Football Club <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. we have rejected 100 grand and, yeah. and we value Russell more. Yeah. Essentially, that's what but it's then, saying. But then the whole issue is, is why did Bichetti say to Mauro Milanese, you've got a game to save your career, oh, well, this is if it. that's what actually it, was said? B- Bichetti would be in a much stronger position if he hadn't said that comment. Correct. But... No, the only one who said he's made that comment is Russ. Yeah. Whose integrity is has been questioned by a few, and to be fair, we've questioned it because of his Scunthorpe interview. Post-match, yeah. Post-match interview, which contradicted his facts previously. Yeah. So, who knows? Mm. Mr. Bichetti, if you're listening, and we know you listen. <laughs> I know you listen, Mr. Bichetti. Yeah. We've, seen your, we've seen your iPad. Mr. Bichetti, when you walked past me two weeks ago, you looked at me like you knew me, and that's because you listened to the podcast. <laughs> I know you know me. So if you want to explain yourself, you're more than welcome to come on the show. So anyway, let's get cracking. Yeah. Um, so sorry, as a Slade um, adieu. Yeah. So as a Slade roundup. You know, what he brought to the club, there's no questioning it. In, in the 23 years that I've supported the club, um, there's no question or a doubt that, that it's the best. Barring 2005-06 when we got promoted, there's no question or a doubt that you know the year that we played Arsenal in the in the FA Cup and took them back to the Emirates, there's no question that the, the two times we finished seventh and then we finished third last season, seen some of the best football I've ever had the pleasure of watching. And I've watched a lot of football, England International, some Premier League games. It's the best football I've seen in in even on even you watch it on Sky Sports on the telly. It's fantastic. And his man management, he got all the players playing for him, didn't he? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't begrudge Russell Slade a chance to manage at high level. Absolutely. Ditto. Don't Ditto. begrudge it. It's just yep. the way it's all happened. Yes. It's not been a clean break. No. And and the question begs was was he right to tell the press oh, absolutely. against Colchester that he'd been given a game to save his career? Absolutely. So Russ was really good at great spirit, great man management skills, great at bringing in players he wanted to perform for him yeah. so he was obviously great mo- the, the right, right character the right attitudes absolutely you know, you know to criticise Slade as well didn't like veering away from the 4-4-2 a lot of the time you know he, he liked his formation and he liked his set teams on that point when I when he first came to the we had a pre-season at Cray Wanderers we got George Porter from Cray Wanderers who left us and he's playing for Wimbledon or somewhere now um, and basically he said that he plays the lopsided the 4-4-2 isn't Oh, okay. Modern anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he's gone back to playing four four two contradiction in terms there. He was he used to play a lopsided, so he'd used to have four at the back, he'd have three in midfield, but the right back would always be exposed. So everyone was always giving Elliot Omazusi a load of grief at the time, um, because you know, he was always getting done, but he had no cocks in front of him because he wouldn't be playing with anyone in front of him. So my my only criticisms of Slade, and there's not many, is that his subs would... You'd, you'd always know... Too late. They would always be a bit too late in the game. 
Yeah, totally agree. 70th minute is too late. 75th, 80th, some some of them. Yeah. Too late. You need to be changing 60-65. If someone's had an hour to play a game of football, yeah. plus half-time and got the team talk, and they're still not doing it, get them off. Get the change done early. However, saying that, I think he'll be a massive success at Cardiff. I, I really know. do. I think he'll take him to outside of the playoffs this year. If or they'll be the hovering around it if he gets if the he job. gets the job. Or he'll end up at Peterborough. <laughs> that, that Peterborough chairman loves Russell Slade. Yeah, but he also loves Darren Ferguson. I don't know. It it. He'd I, do I, really I, well I want him to end up at Cardiff. After all this, I want him to go to Cardiff. It would be a waste if he doesn't end up. Yeah. At Cardiff. If it's, he doesn't end up at Cardiff, then what is the point? This, this whole thing would have been a whole sham. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, he, he he's also tactically lacking as well. You know, he he sticks rigidly to his favourite players. Like he played Mooney uh, behind the front two the other day, and it's just. It just, it just didn't work. Just don't play Mooney just because you like him. You know, if he's not changing games, and to be honest with you, he's not been playing well for about six six months now, so don't quite understand why he was even in the in the team. But that's another story. That's another story. So, I have a, I have a question for you um, and the Orient fans. Why do people... Half of the Orient fans seem to be behind Russ, yeah. and half seem to be behind the board, but the people who are behind Russ really hate the board. Mm-hmm. And they really don't like Mr. Bichetti. Mm-hmm. But why? Why is that? Because that confuses me, because he's bought the club yeah. for an awful lot of money. Yeah. He's obviously going to have his own ideas. That's like if you bought a club. Yeah. You wouldn't just s- keep it the same. You would want to do things, some, certain things differently. And, you know, the start of the season wasn't great. You know, and did he say that to Russ? Quite possibly. You know, the ultimatum to Russ. But it seems to re- he seems to wound up a lot of fans the wrong way. So I think the way this has been handled is that Russell has positioned himself as the victim. Yes, but that might not necessarily be true. And another point is that this is obviously the first football club he's owned, but the staff at the club should know better. So the mistakes that are happening, and people go, oh, well, it's the first football club that he's owned. But he's got staff there who, it's not their first football club, an experienced staff. And some of the errors... Some of the areas that is the chief exec made. experience. I know nothing about him. Mauro Milanese was a footballer, and he might have done this job once before in Italy. But I think that the, the the problem is, I think it would have been better to have had him say to Barry Hearn, Barry, can I borrow Matt for six months while we do a handover? I don't mean that. I mean stuff like club statements not coming out on time or being inept and wrong. I I mean you know mm. other other bits and pieces. Yeah. Which, which should be straightforward. The kit. Mm. You know, how late did the kit come out? Yeah. Things like that. It's just... You know, but that might not be down to him. That might not be down to him, but... That's know, probably down to the commercial side of but it. But you just think, you know, it should be handled better. But I don't hate Mr. Machetti at all. Bottom line here is he owns the club and he's going to see it right that he gets the best return on his investment. In other words, he gets success. What, what I will say about him, though, he's got some big, big choices to make in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And these choices could define his... His ownership yep. of Leighton Orient. So we eagerly await his his plan and see what he's going to do. But I think going back to your question, um, why do people hate him? I think it's because of the way that Russell came out yeah. quite quickly and said, oh, I've just been told that I've hmm. got a game to save my career. Now, Bichetti in his programme notes, uh, quite extended programme notes from Tuesday night against Sheffield United, which we tweeted, was along the lines of, you know, that's not what I said. I sent Marrow down there to basically say, you're not showing enough passion, you need to sort it out in the next game. Or words to that, if I paraphrased a little bit of it. But, you know, so 
it got a lost in translation. Russ has come out and said, oh, he's basically... If Mauro Milanese said that to him, if, he, if Mauro Milanese said, look, you've got to show more passion, Russell could have interpreted that to say, he's given me one more game to save my career at Curtin. So because we weren't in the change room at the time, we don't know what was said, Russell's coming out and playing the victim here. But, and that's probably why people remember what Russell did last season for us and think, you can't treat Russell Slade like that, Mr. New Guy that's just come in throwing his Italian suits about. But even the way that programme was worded didn't make any sense. Even the way Bichetti's column in that programme. It was written yes. by him almost. It was yeah, broken so, in pigeon English. Someone must be proofreading this. You can't... He can't just be putting out these statements that aren't being proofread. <laughs> even in ma- my job, I have to proofread statements. Can, can you imagine that if he's put, put out the most word-perfect statement <laughs> and Johnny's <laughs> yeah. gone, nah. no, Mr Bichetti, that's too perfect. They won't believe you've written that. Let's just, just pigeon it. You know, let's break it up a little bit. Can you imagine? Anyway, we all have to kind of pull together. You know, there's no point in us hating the board or getting behind the board saying we want the board sacked or you know we want no, so sacked so no, nowhere we, we, you know we support Lake Norian at the end of the day we support the club and Mr Bichetti is the owner and he'll make the decisions that are right whether we agree with them or not No, not everybody agreed with Barry Home when he was making decisions when he sacked Martin Ling do people really genuinely believe that he should have been sacked to make sacked a great home? point about Hearn and this has come up a few times that I've seen um, Barnsley came in for Slade didn't they they did a couple of years ago they did and Hearn said no. threw it out straight away, right? If Hearn was still the owner now, and Cardiff came in for it, yeah. do you think that Slade still would have walked? Because I do. Because you can't... Barnsley, at the time, were a championship club, Yeah. but a milling around and playing with relegation. Not right? a good championship club. To yeah. me, Cardiff are a massive championship club. They've got a massive fan base. They've got a massive stadium. Um, they were in a premiership last season. Much better players than Barnsley. I still think Russ would have walked. So people, again, coming back to blame the ball, saying it's Mr. Bichette's fault that yeah. Russ has walked. I yeah. think Russ would have walked under her. See, the, it's a different proposition because what preceded this was, according to Slade, being told that he'd only got one game to yeah. save his job. You see, it, so... Everything, had, every, had, everything is coming back to this this point where yeah, he's been yeah. told he's got one game. So it changes the actual demographic of the situation. Um, Barnes is a you know is a completely different kettle of fish. It would have taken him closer to his family as well, so there was a lot riding on that. And Herm was like, "No, absolutely not. You can't go." And then and then we had a poor season, and Slade turned around to Herm apparently and said, "I'm surprised you haven't sat me." And Slade uh, Herm was like, "No, you've got a contract." But once Barnsley were rebuked, yeah, for Slade, Slade yeah. didn't kick off about it. Slade went fine, you yeah. know, and the, and the same for Cardiff because he, he was, was told, on good terms with Herm. Yeah. Because but he was on good terms. And Hearn said, no, you've got a contract. So how would Hearn have handled this? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose that's a question for Barry Hearn to answer. Absolutely. So we move forward. We yeah. don't have Hearn anymore. We don't have Slade anymore. So a few names that are being banded around, and I will, I will tell you the names, and then you can come and give me your view, and I'll give you my view. Yeah. First one, up until 3pm today, it was looking like it could happen. Kevin Nugent. Would you take Nugent or would you would not? That's a very good question. Yes, I think I would for continuity. You would? Yeah. Right, I wouldn't. So I don't... Okay. I'd, yeah, I think we're going to need an experienced manager, but I could well end up contradicting myself in about two seconds. Next, wasn't on the list till about 3pm um, today, but now it is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. No. Why? I think he's just been managing in on the continent, hasn't he? He's he, not even been managing, he's, doing, he's been doing his coaching badges. I thought he was at a Dutch club and he got let go because they were doing poorly. 
Oh, really? I yeah, think I'll, I'll check that, but I don't think that he's done that well, and he's just not got the experience um, I, that we need. I'm, I would be okay. I wouldn't be delighted with Floyd, but yeah. I wouldn't be um, devastated with Floyd. Yeah. My pros for Floyd is he's got good contacts at Premiership clubs, players would want to play for him, and he's got good, good contacts in Holland. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, he managed Royal Antwerp. Oh, okay. For 2013-14, he's only just been let go from there. Fine. So from that point of view... Um, so he's got managerial experience, and that's a, a fairly big club in Belgium. Yeah. So we'll take that. Belgium Mark Burcham? No. Absolutely agree with you. No. Why not? Not experienced. Um, and he's a Millwall boy? It doesn't matter to who that who he's who he it was QPR as well. If you want to look at it like that, it doesn't matter to me. He's a London boy, so he knows what a London derby means. He's got that. No, I just don't think he's the Fine. right candidate for our, our our club. I'd rather have Nugent over both. Okay, and this is going to split us. I know it's this Paolo Di Canio. No, absolutely not. But under, you're under, not... under no circumstances. A, he's not good enough. He had a big budget at Swindon and 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 didn't take. He them took up Swindon up. He took Swindon up from League Two to League One, and yeah. he got Swindon into the playoffs. Yeah, but he's done nothing more. Because then he got sacked because of his temperament. No, he walked. He walked out of Swindon and it ended up at Sunderland, kept them up and, oh, had, yeah, and yeah, he had yeah, a poor right. start and was fired yeah. early. Yeah. How he got that job, I don't know. But no, he's he's a racist. Yeah. I wouldn't have But For his personal views, no. But as a, if he's willing to come, I think it'd be a very interesting time for Orient fans who don't like him as a person. Mm. But Swindon had a lot of money thrown at them, so he would probably suit but, our but, setup. But absolutely, but, but the, the Canio's one that uh, seems to be separating fans. Gary Johnson from Yeovil was being linked a lot last night. I would be fairly happy with Gary Johnson. Yeah, I, I would be as well. He's managed Yeovil on a very, very low budget. We, us and Yeovil, I would say probably reasonably equal yeah. in terms of size, or, or were equal. They they had a chance in the championship. They they weren't. Shown, they got relegated straight back down as, yeah. as bottom. But uh, uh, there's certain games that they were, they actually gave themselves a good account of of themselves. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I'd have Gary Johnson. Would he be sport by having m- money to spend? Who knows? Absolutely, big one coming up. He was at the game on Tuesday. Yeah, we have seen photographic evidence. Yeah, Chris Hewitt. And also, I don't even know who Chris Hewitt's supposed to be scouting for. Apparently, his sons in the academy, but lots of people's sons are in the academy. Don't go. I.e. Martin Ling. Yeah. So maybe there is truth in the Hewitt element. For yeah. me, he'd be fine to get us from League One to the Championship. In the Championship, I'm not so sure how we would fare. Just on his, based on his history with Norwich, where he got him in the Premiership and he was quite happy to sit back when big clubs came to his team. So we'll see Hewitt. Would that, would that work for you? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, he did well with Newcastle when he took them up. Yeah. Uh, into From the Championship back into... Anyone could have done well to take Newcastle back up. Yeah, you say that, but we tonked them 5-1 pre-season, so... Can't read anything into pre-season, I don't think. Um, Matt Lockwood. With their first team. Friend of the the show, show, Matt Matt Lockwood. Lockwood. Yes, absolutely. I I think I'm I'm probably really biased in saying this because having met Matt and how he talks and what he was saying before we interviewed him, I think he's got the nous to do it and I think he would probably, if he didn't get the manager's job, that he would be a great number two. I I think to Nugent. I think Lockwood has got no chance of getting the manager's job. Unfortunately. Yeah. However, I would love to get him in on the coaching staff or as a number two, depending on whether Nugent ends up at Cardiff. He'd have to relocate from Scotland, though. I don't think he'd care. No, I I, he he'd either. easily do it. Um, yeah. Next one, another Italian, Gianfranco Zola. Yeah. I would love Zola. Yeah. I don't think Zola's willing to drop down. He dropped down to the championship, didn't he? Yeah. With loads of money, Italian again, owners. Again, it's a, di- it's a different kettle of fish. Maybe. I'd be happy with Zola if it was to come off. Yeah, I'd be happy with Zola. Brian McDermott? Yeah, absolutely. So that's your... 
That's my favourite. That's your favourite, right. Brian McDermott is my favourite. I'm not sure about McDermott. He's done well. But if we got him, they'd sing the same bloody song about him. He's got no hair, but we don't care. Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want our manager to have hair. I, I need different songs for managers. <laughs> Brian, if you grow hair, mate, I'd be more than happy to have you at the audience. Just buy him a wig. Could do. Tell him to wear it under a baseball hat. Cause All right. If Brian McDermott gets the job, me and you will buy a wig and send it into the club and see what comes out of it. Right. Deal? Yeah. We'll cool. speak to Johnny and sort that out. All right. We could. Paul Ince? No. Why? Not good enough. I, I disagree. <clears throat> He'd done it with Milton Keynes. What did he do with Milton Keynes? He took a newly established club who had just been promoted from League 2 into League 1 and he built them a very, very good League 1 team who were unlucky not to go up. Who had shed teams. loads of money and they never did it and they've never done it under their current manager, Carl, what's his face? But you know what I'm going to say about that though? Roberto Di Matteo, who I think, I'm not even going to talk about him getting on a job because there is absolutely zero chance. But Di Matteo had one season at MK Dons and didn't take him up and then went to win the Champions League two years later. So I wouldn't be too disgruntled with Vince. No, I don't think I, I disagree. I don't I don't think he plays a good brand of football. Um, he he was at Milton Keynes for two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Left there, went to Blackburn. Exactly. And then came back to Milton Keynes for two thousand nine, ten. Got sacked. Went to Notts County. Done nothing with them for a year. And then just by the virtue of the fact that he was watching his son Tom Ince, got the Blackpool manager's job. So he's been very fortunate. He has been very fortunate. Right. Let's move on. Mark Robbins. I don't think he's he's. He would come, he would. but I wouldn't mind Mark Robbins. He's not no, bad. He's been all right. Yeah. Um, someone I think is never going to come. Glenn Hoddle. No. Yeah, I, I would like him, but I don't think he would Absolutely. come. Absolutely. Alan Kerbishley. Like him, but he wouldn't come. And someone who apparently was spotted at the game today, but hasn't been backed up by any type of photo. Dave Jones, who ex-manager of Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I think he'd be great at League One. Yeah. Um, but again, that's just through talk. And I also heard that Steve Lomas was interested. Yeah, but then Steve Lomas well, did had a pretty good season. I think one good season was at St Johnstone. Yeah, yeah. They got the Millwall job and he was kicked out of Mill, but was never fully backed at Mill because of his West Ham history. Really? Yeah. So the the chairman appoints a manager, but then doesn't back him fans, because he's a West Ham. No, the fans never sit to him. I think that kind of forced yeah, his hand. But so we will see the results. That's the bottom line. We will see some big, big choices to make for Mr. Bichetti. Yeah. So Paul, you were featured on the We Are Going Up podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So they got in touch with us and asked us. Uh, they were doing. They're, they're a football league podcast. So perhaps give them a listen. Well, give them a listen as well. Good guys over there. Um, they basically do a roundup as to what's hot, what's going on at uh, clubs in, um, what's going on in the football league. I was asked to uh, contribute a to a section that they were doing about Cardiff because that was a hot topic at the time, and I uh, spoke to their guy Mark Crossley, interviewed me, um, let me talk, <laughs> probably too much. Um, but but the episode is number one five four on the We Are Going Up podcast, which is W A G U podcast. Um, if you want to have a look, it's on soundcloud.com forward slash W-A-G-U podcast. Have a look there at episode 154 and they are on iTunes as We Are Going Up. I think it, I thought, I was actually very impressed with you. Thanks. I was really impressed with you actually. It's well worth a listen. It's Paul giving his views. About a 10 minute um, on the whole Slade situation. On the whole Slade situation. Yeah. And you give a pretty decent view, actually. You're not biased towards Orient and you're not biased towards Slade. No, you I tried a, to you, give a You balance. give a very good balanced view and I also give a Cardiff view as well. They had um, the guy on before me. Yeah, yeah and that's very interesting to hear from a Cardiff paper. fan's perspective of Slade. Yeah. Because obviously... You know, we haven't really heard much. No, absolutely. So a few bits on the forum, but... So well worth it. That was, that was good, yeah. So give that a listen to. Let us know what you think of that, if you agree with me or if you don't. If I'm being too kind to Orient or too kind to, to Russ, let me know. Absolutely. So on the Thursday, 
the club confirmed that the Preston game, so our game in hand uh, against Preston, has not been an easy one. Not an easy one at, at all. all. And Paul's arch nemesis returns to Brisbane Road yeah, for the face-off. Boo the hell out of him. Um, Jamie Jones returns. So that has been confirmed for Tuesday, the twenty-eighth of October, at yeah. seven forty-five kickoff. Yeah. Which is great. So they're doing well at the moment. Preston six in the league, aren't they? I believe they are six in the league. They've played nine. Uh, like obviously like us uh, for obvious reasons um, <laughs> played uh, nine one four drawn four only lost one scored sixteen goals and only conceded nine. I can't feel good for Jamie Jones because I do believe had Jamie Jones not been in goal on that fateful Sunday that we wouldn't even be having the conversation we're having. But maybe I'm being harsh. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty fair. But I don't think I am. No. Nope. It's pretty fair. Yeah. He fumbled the first goal. They wouldn't have then got the yeah, momentum absolutely. to get the second. Absolutely. So, so on to today then. So, yeah, watched we'll out round up today. Yeah. Watched out home. So, the team today was um, Woods in goal. Woods in goal. Omazuzi left back. Cuthbert right back. And captain yeah. because the centre backs were Lowry and Baldry. So, this was Nugent's first game as caretaker. Well, his first game as caretaker again. Yeah, of Leighton Orient. Yeah, and he made a bold decision by dropping Nathan Clark that yeah. a lot of fans had actually been calling for. Yeah, and maybe something that Russ wasn't willing to do. Yeah, um, so a big statement from Nunes. Absolutely, dropping the captain, mm-hmm. and it showed that he's not afraid to make big choices. So which is I good. think you have to pat him on the back for that. Absolutely, and and he cut Dave Victor short when he interviewed him post match. Absolutely, as, as we heard, and he just said, "No, I made that decision." And that was it. He wasn't saying any more about it. Absolutely. So, so midfield was Cox on the left, James and Vincelo, and Mackinoff mm-hmm. on the right. Mm-hmm. And up front, Dagnall and Henderson. So you look at that team and you go, that's a bloody strong team. Yeah. Or you would think that's a that's a big team. Yeah. You know. Um, that's a team capable of beating Rochdale. Yeah. The two talking points for me out of that team is no Clark. Yeah. And Mooney. Yeah. Good. Um, so? Good. Because Mooney's off form terribly, so... The team came out. Tijuana Taxi was clearly played. It was loud. It was good. There was a good atmosphere. It felt like a, the monkey was off the back a little bit with the whole Slade situation. Yeah, that, there was a full stop because he yeah. resigned. So, yeah, Absolutely. there was a less toxic atmosphere. The Slade right? banner was gone from the south stand. We literally <laughs> sit right in front of that. So if you're ever around that... Uh, we sit about five rows from the front. Yeah, so we? if you ever see two uh, good-looking guys, one with a rugged, handsome, well-groomed beard... You're sporting a bit of stubble yourself, Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Don't be too down on yourself. But if you see us, come and say hello. Yeah. We're always uh, like a chat. Do you, think, do you think Slade took the banner with him before he left? <laughs> Probably. But I've got no problem with the banner being down. He's not manager anymore. Yeah. He resigned. Yeah. Take your banner. Yeah. Fine. I don't care. Yeah. Um, no, no, no issue. So, again, within the first five minutes of the game, at home, yeah. to be fair, a great effort. The guy hit it perfectly. He got Across. caught in the wind. Woods had no chance. Legends yeah. wouldn't have saved it. Jamie Jones definitely wouldn't have saved it. No, I wouldn't have got it. Um, Nor would Adam Legends, to be No, fair. absolutely. So we went a goal down early. And I, f- I thought the turning point at the time would be um, the opportunity that Rochester ahead about eight minutes gone where their player went through. Yeah. Great ball. Yeah. Split our defence open. Yeah. Had a one-on-one. And he drawed it wide. I think yeah. if that goes in, we could have got absolutely spanked. spanked. Yeah. With it, you, you, can't, you wouldn't have probably wouldn't have come back from that. But... McEnough took an awful free kick moments before that, um, and we drew. We ended up well. We 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 pulled a goal back. Yeah, yeah. So we had a, um, a free kick in a good position. Yeah. McEnough took it, and you were saying McEnough's uh, free kicks haven't been very good. No, his his dead ball delivery was poor at, against Sheffield United. And, and, it, and it, it was a very good today. Wasteful. 
but he got a good chance just outside the box. Yeah. We haven't seen any replays of this, by the way. No. Um, so we're just going off memory. Ball came out to him outside the box. He hit it beautifully. He did, yeah. Keeper, no chance. Yeah. One all. One all. And at that point, the crowd were well behind. You know, great noise in the first yeah. half. Great yeah. noise were coming from the south stand. Again, yeah. West End got involved as well. Yeah, they started. It, it, the the, the northwest stand, I think, yeah. it was that started getting singing. So Fair play. Good. And then turning point in the match, or what you thought the turning point would be, an amazingly beautiful ball from Dean Cox. It was a great ball. Uh, Paul, Paul, it pulled Hendo in, so it got Hendo in a beautiful position. I thought Hendo's first touch was brilliant. You said it was too heavy. It, or I think it might have been heavy on purpose, though, because he's taken the ball, he's cut across the yeah. man, so that the, so the he's cut across the man, but he's touched the ball that little bit too far, and then the guy the guys collided with him and brought him down. To me, it was a straight red. It was a penalty. Yeah. He was going to score. It was a goal-scoring opportunity. Again, we don't have the a benefit of a, of a replay in hindsight, but to no. me, I thought that was a, a penalty. I do as well. And like you say, people behind us, Warren, said that it was no way um, no way he, he didn't have control of the ball. It was, it was a poor touch from him, but I think that was intent, the intention was to take the ball out a bit. But yeah, so we got the penalty. Dagnall stepped up, f- fresh from scoring his penalty. Two weeks ago at Notts County, yeah. where he sent a keeper the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. So he stepped up. I, I thought he was going to score. Their keeper was quite fat. Yeah, he was quite, quite overweight. Yeah. So I thought Dagnall would score that. He stepped up and he had his penalty saved and then the rebound came Tenson. I think he was quite badly challenged. Not, you know, quite strongly challenged. It wasn't an easy chance for the rebound, but Henderson put the rebound wide. Yeah. The thing with Dagnall, and I've seen him take four penalties now, I think. Four or five, I think. Could I've be wrong. Seen three. It's a couple. Yeah, he hits the target. He always picks a corner. Which he is always fair. hits the target, yeah. but he never quite gets it in the corner. So if, no the key, if the keeper does the right way, gets it right, he's going to save it. Yeah. But there's no power in it. No, absolutely. He, he goes for placement over power and knows, just blast it straight down the middle. So it's quite a poor penalty, to be fair. It was a poor penalty. And, and then and absolutely, absolutely distraught by that point because you just think, for goodness sake, yeah, he's yeah, not going to have absolutely. a decent game at and all. And then they've got a red card as well. So we're a man yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you know, a penalty up. A penalty up. Didn't do and anything to with take it. it. And then about two minutes later, Dagger's, Chris Dagnall's day goes from bad to worse. To worse. Yeah. With their keeper, ham- well, we didn't have ball because it was in his box, but kind of... He gets a ball and he controls it with his chest, doesn't? Uh, no, no, it was a bad back pass, and he had he handled a back pass essentially because he was off he balance. Slipped, didn't he? he was and, off balance, and he's literally put his hand to it while the ball's on the floor. And great thing, great thinking from Hendo. Yep. Got the ball, put it down. Was looking around for about three seconds before I think Dagnall even realised he was yep. on. Slipped the ball in. Dagnall from about three yards yep. smacks at the keeper. Smacks <laughs> at the keeper, but the keeper saved it. And you're just thinking. At this point, I was thinking. I said to you, I said, Do you know what this game's crying out for? David Mooney. And you looked at me like I was a nutcase. Yeah, because then uh, Mooney did come on later on and did nothing. I know, but <laughs> it was one of those where I just wanted Mooney on the pitch because Mo- I always expect the unpredictable with David Mooney. Um, anyway, we went on to batter them in that half. Yeah, we had loads of possession. Um, unfortunately, a bad injury yeah. to Lloyd James. And it looks like, from what we've heard, he's, he's broken his ankle. Not, yeah. not confirmed yet by the club. But it looks like he's indeed broken his ankle. Yeah. Um, so Bradley Pritchard came on. I thought he did quite well, actually. I Clark like Pritch- Chased a lot down. I like him. He's a good worker. I like him. He done well. And then just before half-time, uh, ball floated into the box. Henderson done really well tonight into the path of Vincelow, who controlled it on his head. And then... Yeah, it, it bounced up. It bounced up, yeah. And then he, he headed it, and it kind of looped. And it looped into the far corner. Yeah. And then we went 2-1 up. And at this point, you a man up, a goal up, Caretaker manager, crowd loving it. 
by the way. You can't be getting well into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and absolutely. You're just thinking, we're going 3-1, 4-1 here. And then I was foolish enough, or the Orient Outlook podcast were foolish enough at half-time to tweet saying, I can't remember what it was precisely, but saying 2-1 up, uh, good urgency about the team because we looked good, we looked urgent, and yeah. good directness about the team because we were, we were direct, it was good, it was fast, it was yeah. good football. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was good to see, good passing, good movement. And then the thing that let us down, we put at the end of the tweet, we should go on to win this. Now, maybe that's naivety on our part, but at a man up and a goal up, um, I fully expected that we would go on to win, you know, we'd go on to win the match. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We Our, our actual tweet was 2-1 to the Orient at half-time. Good sense of urgency and directness about the O's, which has been missing recently, should win this one. Yeah, fair point. And someone who sits behind us tweeted, Jonah, well, basically we put the bock on it. I don't want to give any, I don't really want to speak about the second half, really. I just want to go through it as fast as we can. So, 47 minutes... One of their players shot from quite a way out. The ball, there seemed to be quite a swervy ball today. Right. Ball swerved again. Woods made a, a decent save. It came out in the box. And their man just beat Lowry to it and tapped into all. And at this point, you're just thinking, just go for Orient. You're still a man up. But it seemed to knock the wind out of ourselves. Yeah. We never seemed to recover from it. And then, because again, we sit in the south stand. So we were right behind the goal. Rochdale broke away. They got it to their man, Dunn who had Omazuzi marking him. Yeah. Woods was screaming at Omazuzi not to let Dunn go on the outside. Screaming at him. So was Scott Cuthbert, saying, do not show him the outside. What did Omazuzi do? Showed him outside. Showed him the space outside. And the guy finished it. So, I don't think... Again, without seeing it, I don't blame Woods for that. No. And, and certainly the defence's reaction, Lowry, Cuthbert, Woods, all seem to look at... On Mazzuzzi, so they what the what hell what were you, you doing? doing? Yeah, um, and then once I'd made it three two, that was it. I, I never got the impression that we were going to score again. No. Lowry had a header cleared off the line. Yeah, but even at that point, you know, even for the subs that came on, so I don't know what Nugent done really in terms of his what his thinking was. Yeah, because I'd have taken Dagnall off. I would have taken Dagnall off. He'd missed a penalty. He'd missed one from two yards. It was he nice always day. Dagnall always works his socks off. Yeah, but. Wasn't his day, but instead he took Henderson off. He was having a pretty decent match and causing a bit of trouble for the defence. Yeah, he was. And Bat, I don't think Bat's fit. Again, I, Bat didn't look, still doesn't look right. No, but he had a go. He had a go. He had a uh, go. I was pleased with Bat's contribution. And then Mooney came off for McEnough, and we ended up playing some kind of strange 4 3 3 formation where Cox was playing as almost an anchor man in front of the defence in the middle. Yeah. And now, it, it was just one of those where we just knew we weren't going to equalise. It was disjointed, wasn't it, towards the end? Yeah. So, yeah. Full time whistle went. So we lost 3 2. So for the second home game running, we lost to a team who've had 10, 10 men. men. Yep. And when they've been sent down to 10 men, we've been at least on level terms. Yeah. So that leaves us um, 19th in League One. So now we're looking down as opposed to looking above yep. for the time being. We've played 9, we've won 2, drawn 4, lost 3, which means we've got 10 points. With a goal difference of minus one. So not a terrible goal cold difference. No, nothing that's not in The worrying thing for me this season, and as I'm sure it is for you, is that at home, played four, one zero, drawn one, which we were lucky Warsaw. to draw, because yeah. Legend was doing his best to to let them score a goal. <laughs> um, one point from 12 at home, guys. That's it's poor. That's relegation form. That's poor. Yeah. Relegation form. unacceptable. So, I mean, the first half, totally was, first half was really good, really direct, really urgent. So why was the second half so bad? Fitness level? No. 
I don't, I don't think we can use that anymore. I think uh, those that are coming back from injury, yes, you can use it against them. But I think generally, I think there's just the attitude and, and the the morale maybe. Maybe this, there's, there's something else been going on with Slade behind the scenes because we just haven't been sharp. Maybe the new guys weren't his. Maybe the new players that have come in weren't his guys. Maybe they're the manager's guys. No, uh, the, the chief exec's guys. No, or... I, think, I think Slade, from what, from what we know, Slade gave, gave the new chairman a list of players he wanted. He got some of the players. He obviously didn't get all the players he wanted. Yeah. That's what happens. Um, second half, you know, the things that I maybe can put it down to fitness because, you know, they, again, much they looked fitter towards the last 20 minutes. Yeah. We didn't put any pressure on them. Nugent's naivety and his substitutions maybe. And obviously we're missing Lloyd James. But like we said, Pitchard done well. So having a player out shouldn't mean that we crumble in the second Correct. half. Correct. You should have a player that will literally just come back, come in and ready made. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so disappointing day, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, as we mentioned earlier, um, we will do... uh, We've spoken to Frank Clark. Um, We have the interview set, ready to go. um, But we won't be able to play it this week because we're out of time this week. Absolutely. So, next week, we'll have Frank Clark's first snippets. Uh, Next week, only the one match, Paul. Swindon at home. Yeah. Uh, Swindon are currently third (laughs) in League One. So, it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any easier at all, They've played nine, won five drawn three and lost one. So they've got 18 points, um, 20 goals scored and 10 conceded, which makes me think that it's going to be a difficult match. But look, we're at home again. Walnuge being in charge. God knows. God knows what's going to happen. So we'll see what happens. So Absolutely. all we can say is, let's go again next Saturday. Get behind Get the behind the boys. Keep your support. Support them. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Until next week, enjoy and uh, do keep in touch with us. Absolutely. Thanks Up for listening. Yours.